0: Hey and welcome back to the Edge Show. This is episode number 132 and I'm Rick Claus, your host for today and we're going to be talking about a bunch of announcements that we just had in the last little while uh, around the Azure space and so I decided to ask a couple of my friends from the engineering team to come over and to uh, chat with us. So follow up right after the break and uh, we'll get started. Again, along the line of announcements, we made a bunch of them last week in the Azure space, so I thought I'd ask some of my friends from the Azure uh, compute team to be able to come over and,
1: and talk about them, and so I brought back Drew McDaniel. Hey, man. Hey, how's it going? Not too bad. What, what do you got to share with us? Well, we've got a new VM size that we've just released. Okay. So this is our, what we're calling our G-series of VMs that we released uh, last week, mm-hmm. and uh, it's actually the biggest VM in the cloud, in the public cloud. Wow. Largest VM that you can get. So this series of VM is really designed for the very large workloads, your enterprise class workloads that that needs extreme scale. Uh, it scales in multiple directions, both in memory and in uh, SSD-based disk space, uh, as well as using the very latest Haswell-based processor from our friends at Intel. Oh, okay. Uh, so you can really do a lot of different operations, whether it's a SQL database, uh, a MySQL database, or other data tier workloads, just really running really nice on these VM sizes.
0: Now, these things debuted or were released as far as being available from a, from a let's show this thing back at TechEd Europe time frame, if I remember correctly but now they're available as a GA. Correct. What does GA differentiate from preview?
1: So GA means uh, you can run these uh, with your production workloads. You will be able to get the full SLA that you would have with any of the other uh, virtual machine services in in Azure. Uh, And so they're ready to use. That makes sense. Now, we have released these initially in just one region. Uh, so they're available in the West U.S. region, and we'll be rolling them out uh, to other parts of the uh, regions as we go forward. You
0: see, I picture all these little transport trucks with all these massive containers of these G-Series machines. Plugs, they're yeah. big,
1: man. They're, you got plug them in and get everything all powered up and energized. Uh, so those are coming along.
0: Rolling out the data centers near you. Exactly. I love that. I love that. So why don't you show us how to provision something. So,
1: so what we've got here, we've got the Azure Preview Portal uh, that uh, has been out for a while. Um, it's a great place to show kind of some of the power of the G-Series. So we're going to go in here. And we're going to provision a uh, VM, you can use any of the various uh, operating systems for the G Series. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the operating systems that are in the gallery uh, support these very large VMs. Um, we're just going to kick this off with Windows, though, in this case. And when you select the the machine, the operating system, one thing, as I mentioned, is that they're available currently only in West US region. Oh, okay. So by default, the portal is going to come up with either the last location, uh, or it may default in this case here. I'm showing w- it's West Europe. You'll want to go through and select this and change it to the West US location. Mm-hmm. Once you do that, when you click through the pricing tier and browse down, you can see all of these, what we call cards, that display the various VM sizes. Oh, okay. So G-Series right up top. And uh, we'll, we'll scroll down a little bit and look at uh, the biggest of the G-Series are G5. Uh, so we're looking at this thing has 32 cores. Now the, these 32 cores are physical cores. Uh, we're not hyper threading. Some mm-hmm. other providers will do hyper threading of up to 18 co- physical cores to get hyper threaded to 36. But by providing 32 real cores, you actually get more performance than you would on just, you know, 32 hyper threaded cores. Okay. Uh, This thing also will support up to 64 data disks. Is our largest number of data disks in Azure, Mm -hmm. uh, with each disk being a terabyte in size. You attach up to 64 terabytes of space, of uh, persistent space on here. The SSD, which is not specifically called out in the card here, is... Um, On the largest size, 6.5 terabytes of local SSD space.
0: And that's the temp stuff that's non-persistent, right? Exactly.
1: So that's your temp stuff. So any of your temp DBs uh, can leverage that uh, for very, very large scalability. Uh, and that's going to come into play in the future as we move into our premium storage. Mm-hmm. Premium storage has also re- just uh, recently went into preview. That's rolling out over time. Uh, premium storage makes use of the temporary space uh, on the on the VMs. And we'll talk a bit about that in, at a later show, if you will. Sure. I'll have you back for that one there for sure. Excellent. So, so this machine, you can deploy out. And so, as I said, large number of cores, huge amount of memory, uh, almost a half a terabyte of memory mm-hmm. uh, that you can just launch out of the portal and get that running.
0: Now, uh, just out of curiosity, the um, I noticed when you are going through the pricing tiers, there were also some other, other machines that were available there, too. Obviously, the A series was the one that we're familiar with. But then there's also the D series, which we also talked about. And they're mm-hmm. available in, in GA. Now, the D series are available across all the regions, correct?
1: The D series are available. Uh on most of most of Azure regions, yeah, I uh,
0: qualify most all of the regions. Most all of mean. the
1: regions, yes. Uh, if you go to the services by region page, it right. shows exactly which regions. I believe right now it's uh, Brazil South is the one region that doesn't have the D series yet. Okay.
0: And uh, there was also something else in that list you're scrolling past there. Is that something we should talk about too? The DSs? The
1: DS. That's, you have a great eye here. So if you look at that same list, let's actually come back here, you'll notice... If you have a sharp eye like Rick does, uh, there's a set of VMs there it is. that are DS. And you know a DS11, a DS12, these look very, very similar to uh, a D-series of VMs in their capabilities. Mm-hmm. The one difference here is you'll see premium disk support. Okay. So premium disk support is part of premium storage. Premium storage is just entering the preview phase. Uh, there is uh, the ability to sign up for that preview in Azure.com. I uh, get on the queue and we're starting to roll that out as we go forward. Mm-hmm. What premium storage does is it provides a much lower latency for the I.O. between the VMs and the back-end storage system for persistent. So we have really have two forms of very high-performance disks. You have mm-hmm. your local disks that are on the SSD that's local and temporary to the VM. And then premium provides high performance persistent disks oh, okay. uh, that will be stored even if the VMs are shut down or you have a hardware failure on the, on the uh, VM.
0: And those persistent ones, the ones you actually have to create and then attach to, that to the individual machines.
1: That is correct. And so the D series does not have access to the premium disk support, only the DSs do? The DSs have, exactly. The DSs have access to the premium disk support. Uh, again, that same uh, uh, services by region will show that we've got the, the DS and the premium storage available in West US. East US 2 and West Europe right now. Okay. And that will be rolling out as we go forward uh, to more more and more of the regions. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the S is an interesting thing here. As I said, the DS supports our premium storage uh, disks. Uh, ev- uh, eventually, you will see a GS version of the G-series uh, for using premium storage with the, the recently GA'd uh, G-series of VMs. Oh, okay. Okay.
0: Um. That's uh, quite a lot of stuff, as far as machines are concerned. That's a big, uh, big amount of change that happened the last little while.
1: You know what? This, we've been listening to the customers, doing uh, trying to bring forward what they've been looking for, uh, and there's a, there's a lot of uh, goodness here.
0: Okay. Um, any places we should send people to to get more information about these, or any kind of blog posts? You don't have to show them right now, but if uh, are there a couple they should be paying attention to?
1: Absolutely. You want to walk, look for the uh, largest VM in the cloud. What's mm-hmm. the blog post? That Talks about the G series. Uh, And and search for premium storage. Uh, There's both blog posts and some information in Azure.com for premium storage. Okay, and I'm
0: going to hold you to bringing someone over to talk about it in more detail. That sounds great. Okay, so with that, thank you very much, uh, Drew, for stopping by. I appreciate it. Thank you. And uh, we'll be right back. And we had a bunch of announcements, and we also uh, happened to have the opportunity to talk to Sung. Uh, again from the Azure Compute team, uh, is joining me here in studio today. So what are you going to be announcing today?
2: So we announced this brand new service called Azure Key Vault last oh. week. Okay, And it's a new security-focused service and as a cloud-hosted HSM-backed service. And HSMs are hardware security modules. So a hardware security module provides for a kind of a um, secure cryptographic hardware-based uh, platform for securing your keys and secrets.
0: Mm-hmm. Now just to, be,
2: just to be clear,
0: as an HSM is now available as a service, that's, this, this is actually a hardware implementation that's inside select data centers that are in the Azure data center.
2: That's exactly right. That's actually one of the benefits of this. Previously, customers who wanted to use HSMs, uh, they're very expensive hardware and very specialized yeah. hardware equipment. Mm-hmm. And so we've taken that onto ourselves. And we've actually, uh, you know, have third-party HSMs. that are a part of our HSMs that customers can now um, share. Basically, they're c- uh, cloud-shared HSMs that customers can now, you know, provision their keys into, mm-hmm. which makes it a lot more, um, compelling from a financial perspective because, again, previously customers would have had to purchase these highly specialized HSMs, provision and deploy them in their own data centers. And in this case they're now in our data centers and they're also uh, distributed to several different data centers, so you mm-hmm. actually have uh, better scale with using it as well, too. So you don't have to purchase you know, many HSMs for yourself. We've done that on your behalf and uh, you can take advantage of our, our cloud scale and our cloud management to take care of it.
0: Okay. So what kind of stuff can we do with the HSM? Like uh from example of, of how we've implemented and made it available to people.
2: Yeah, well, so first of all, HSMs, you know, as you can see, they're uh, FIPS 142 um, Level 2 and Common Criteria EAL 4 Plus certified, mm-hmm. which means that they meet a lot of the compliance requirements, and so customers can now build a lot of applications and take advantage of any compliance certifications that they need to have for these applications. One example uh, of this is, the, you know, things like SQL Server and BitLocker. Um, but, you know, let me quickly talk about, like, what are some of the features in the Azure Key Vault service. Um, so the first thing that customers should be aware of is this concept of vaults. So vaults are basically the containers Mm -hmm. where you store and you keep your keys and secrets. And so these are the basic building blocks. It's kind of like a storage container in Mm -hmm. storage accounts. Um, then you have keys. Keys can be both asymmetric or symmetric keys. And these are, again, basic building blocks. So if you want to create an asymmetric key um, and store it within our service and manage it on your behalf, mm-hmm. you can do that. Uh, and these keys can be um, both software stored. So if you uh, want to keep these in you know, slightly lower cost, you primarily want to take advantage of Key Vault for your central management, then you can take advantage of software stored keys. Or mm-hmm. the keys can be, again, put in these HSMs in which case they have higher security around them, they have higher uh, guarantees around them. Uh, they're slightly uh, higher in price to do that, but it's a very marginal difference. And you have the backing of the physical HSM. And again, it's up to the user to decide.
0: This is reminding me of the days when I had to do this sort of stuff, where we had like special locked cages and, and like escorts involved, and, and that sort of stuff. So this is all taken care of for you to maintain the compliance. That's
2: actually exactly right. Like for example, some of the things that we guarantee with these keys is if they're HSM backed, they can't even be exported. Mm-hmm. So like if you actually put a key into our HSM backed service, we don't have the capability to export that key. And so it's much more secure from that perspective because it's all hardware, you know, hardened mm-hmm. within these uh, hardware physical security devices. Okay.
0: And uh, from an a, a administration or provisioning pr- perspective, is this done through the portal? Is this done through PowerShell? How does someone go about go off and, and try these sort of things out?
2: Great question. Uh, today, Azure's Key Vault service has been launched in preview. Okay. So it's only available through PowerShell, or if you want to go through the REST API or through the C Sharp APIs. Mm-hmm. Coming soon will be portal support and, of course, things like um, the command line interface, the Azure CLI, uh, and also other languages will be supported um, as well, too. But Mm -hmm. today it's only available in PowerShell, um, C Sharp, and uh, the REST API. Okay. Now, you
0: mentioned earlier just some brief examples of how someone could actually go ahead and start to use some of these things. So why don't you go in a little bit of detail in, in some of those?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So of every typical usage scenario, you know, customers want to protect their sensitive data. So, for example, let's say you have, a, you have a SQL Server database. And in that SQL Server database, you're storing things like, you know, credit card information or social security numbers. So one of the really cool things you can do with Azure Key Vault is we announced the SQL Server connector uh, feature as well, too. So you can leverage the SQL Server connector to actually connect your SQL Server uh, key management capabilities into Azure Key Vault. What would that look like? So you would first create a SQL Server. And on the SQL Server instance, you would download and configure our SQL Server connector. And the, you would then go to Azure Key Vault and create a vault to store your keys. And then in SQL Server itself, Once you've configured the SQL Server connector, you can use your basic SQL Server commands like create asymmetric key. Mm -hmm. And when you call create asymmetric key, you can specify a location for that asymmetric key to be created. And in this case, it'll be created directly into Azure Key Vault itself. Oh, okay. And then from that point on, your keys are directly stored there. You can enable uh, features like um, transparent data encryption. So you can enable transparent data encryption on SQL Server. Your database will be automatically encrypted, and your keys will be stored on the Azure Key Vault service.
0: So the the key point here is that there's no special steps that you have to really go off and do Exactly. other than simply making sure that you have the connector in place and that the vault exists and then it's the standard stuff you'd be working with.
2: Yeah, that's exactly right. That's and, exactly right.
0: Now you also alluded to the fact that this could be used for something like BitLocker as well. Yes, right? yes.
2: So one of our partners uh, CloudLink Technologies, they have a service called Secure VM, mm-hmm. and they recently also announced that their Secure VM service um, is working with uh, the Azure Key Vault as well too Okay. so you can actually leverage Azure Key Vault to be your root encryption key for their uh, VM encryption and enable their VM encryption, and then have their root keys stored as part of Azure Key Vault, and then centrally manage it that way. Okay,
0: now how about if people want to go off and find out more information, or go other places to be able to find some more stuff, do you have some extra resources we can point them to?
2: Absolutely, absolutely. So the first link here, there's a great video by one of my colleagues, Amit. Uh, he actually walks through and gives a lot more examples of how you use Azure Key Vault, mm-hmm. and how you set up things and provision, and goes through a basic scenario, how you create a simple application that leverages Key Vault, uh, and leverages keys stored in Key Vault. You can also go to a blog. So Dan wrote a blog going into more details on all the topics I mentioned. Uh, That's the second link here. And again, it walks through um, more of the concepts. It walks through some of the classic scenarios that you want to go through. Mm -hmm. And then lastly, these two uh, links goes to the actual Key Vault service itself. And you can find out more information about the service it provides. You can find documentation on using the PowerShell uh, commandlets, And then you can also get pricing details as well, too.
3: Okay,
0: well... Thanks a lot for stopping by. really appreciate it. And uh, anything else, closing thoughts, or are we all good to go?
2: Uh, we would love to get your feedback. Again, the service is in preview, so okay. you know, try it out, use it out. It's actually um, a very simple service to use. We'd love to get your feedback on it as well, too.
0: Okay, and in case you forget that, we have a forums area on the azure.com site to be able to go off and to submit your feedback, uh, uh, and I'll make sure the link for that. And also these links as well are available inside the comment area, the notes area, down below. So, in case you missed it, we had a couple of announcements last week, and I thought I would have Khalid from the Azure IaaS engineering team, or Azure compute team, uh, come in and uh, give us one of those announcements right now from uh, Docker World.
3: Thank you, Rick. I am uh, happy to be here. Uh, yes, last uh, the end of last week, we made uh, a new announcement uh, as part of our uh, partnership that we've uh, announced back in October. Mm-hmm. This is more just uh, natural uh, progression on some set of the features that we're working on. Uh, specifically um, on the integration, the deep integration between the Azure Marketplace and the uh, Docker Hub. So uh, the announcement we, we've made uh, late last week was uh, how a user can uh, quickly uh, provision a Docker host on an Azure VM. Mm-hmm. So we, uh, the experience has been there. We've added a few tweaks uh, to it to make it even easier uh, for anybody to go and just make a couple of clicks and get a Docker uh, host running on Azure, and then they can start doing the work. Okay. So the idea... Say, yeah.
0: uh, can you just give us just backups a little tiny bit first and just let us know a little bit about what Docker is and what, why an IT professional, a land system person should be paying attention to what Docker is? Yeah.
3: So Docker is uh, an ecosystem, if you will. Uh, it is an open-source uh, project uh, to uh, help you uh, run con- uh, containers mm-hmm. on a uh, Linux system. Okay. Uh, so containers has been uh, you know, around for a while, uh, Docker just made you know, a management ecosystem, if you will, uh, to help uh, you know, IT uh, pros to you know, uh, create and uh, uh, manage their containers uh, running anywhere on a Linux environment. Mm-hmm. Uh, specifically here, we're talking about uh, running on a Linux environment on uh, Azure Virtual Machines.
0: Okay, and we, and we have announced and had this capability in Azure uh, back in the October time frame. So what's different with it now with regards to integration with Marketplace?
3: Yeah, so the idea is uh, we want to put all the pieces together and make it uh, very simple. Mm-hmm. For somebody to just come, uh, log into the portland, I'll show that, and uh, click a couple of you know, boxes or buttons, and then you get a host running on Azure with Docker. Uh, that's the whole idea. It's okay. just making it simple. All the pieces have already been there. The Docker ecosystem is there. The extension on Azure is there. Uh, what we are doing is just bringing that uh, whole experience uh, into the UI and making it very simple okay. for anybody to do it.
0: So if it's so simple, I challenge you, let's go ahead and take a look at it. All right,
3: let's go for it. All you have to do is uh, basically uh, go to the portal, uh, type, you know, Azure portal. Once you log in, you go here to your dashboard. Mm-hmm. You create uh, plus, go to everything. This will pop up uh, the Docker on Ubuntu server. Currently we support this on Ubuntu only, Ubuntu 14. Uh, we expect we're going to have new uh, additions and support for the other Linux distros uh, very soon. Mm-hmm. Once you go here, you just say create. You get a blade to the right. Then you put the host name. Come up with some unique name. Let's call it, uh, you know, my Tucker host. Call it 11 or something like that, as so long as it's unique. Put my username. Uh, if I have SSH uh, public key, I can enter that. Or, you know, if I don't, I could just use a password.
0: Let's keep it simple, just the password. Yeah,
3: for sure. Come up with uh, some password, and then I hit. I can configure a few other things, but if I don't, I can take all the defaults and then hit Create. Give it a few minutes, and then you'll get a Docker host running on Azure, all set up for you, mm-hmm. and you can log in into it through SSH and run Docker commands uh, just like if you're running any other uh, Docker host. Okay,
0: so definitely streamlined. In the past, I know from the demos we didn't, we've done before on, on some of the other stuff, uh, it was a much more involved packaging process and unpacking the package and making sure you have all the different pieces together. Yep. Uh, under the covers, how is this actually running a little bit? Can you yeah. share a little bit about so, that? Yeah,
3: so what we are doing, we're taking an existing uh, Ubuntu image mm-hmm. that's already there. Today you can you know, do this uh, manually, if you will, or step by step, uh, in multiple steps, if you will. Uh, what we are doing under the cover is really just uh, provisioning a VM and then installing an extension on top of that VM. That's pretty much it.
0: So with the extension model, obviously makes it a lot lighter, a lot easier to do updates between them and things like that. That's it. That's actually very, very cool. And this is available now for people to try?
3: This is available. It's been available since last week. Uh, You can go and try it.
0: Uh, how about any sort of resources if you want to point some people to some resources or anything else like that any blog post I should make reference yes here?
3: just go to uh, Azure, uh, you know blogs.azure.com yep uh, we have a blog post that explains all the steps that necessary and then uh, point us to the documentation
0: okay uh, is that under the virtual machine area or is that another different area that's, that's just on the
3: Azure uh, I can quickly uh, just show it here if you I'll, make go, su-
0: I'll make sure that we have the link as well inside the, yep. the page just
3: azure.com yeah there is a link uh, to blogs and then we have a blog post. Not too post. far down the list because it was right just here. relatively
0: recent. Yep. Oh, okay. Right oh, you even wrote the blog post? That's right.
3: Yep. We have references to all the documentation and uh, you know, all the pieces we need to set up the Docker host.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you very much for joining us for this quick thank little announcement. I appreciate Great. it. Great. Thank and you. we'll get you back again Thanks, soon. Thanks, Rick. Wait a second. I was, I was just handed an
4: uh, extra announcement, and Simon Perriman is here to share some news. Simon? That's right. Well, it's been a pleasure being part of this show part of the community, but I am going to be leaving Microsoft next week. I've taken a uh, leadership role with one of our partners that develop Hyper-V software and that's it for me with Microsoft. That's it for you with the Edge Show. It's been a pleasure wow, it's working like, with you guys in like the community. It's full circle.
0: I remember you were here when I, when I first joined to do the Edge Show That's three right. Years ago or
4: so. I've been here yeah. seven and a half years now yeah. between engineering and yeah. evangelism, and it's been great. But I'm not going far. I'm okay. staying with the good guys. Yeah, yeah. Not going to the other ones. <laughs> i uh, glad to hear that. Staying part of the community, and yep. I'm going to be leading all of our customer-facing projects and events, so I'm sure I'll see all of you guys around still at all the conferences. Still going to have the same Twitter handle? Still going to keep that. At Simon Perriman. And if you want to find out where I'm going, connect with me on Twitter or LinkedIn. I'll see you guys soon. Thanks. Well, there you have it. Uh, Including the surprise announcement
0: from uh, Mr. Perriman. Uh, I want to say thanks, obviously, to... uh, my friends Khalid and Sung and also Drew for stopping by to give us some updates on things. And don't worry, I am going to hold Drew responsible for uh, coming back, either himself or one of his teammates, uh, to talk about the premium storage stuff. Uh, but in case you're interested in getting a hold of us, you can reach me on Twitter at at RicksterCDN. If you want to talk about the Edge Show in general, you can also reach the Edge Show handle that we use and monitor, which is at sign TN Edge. You can also like us on Facebook at channel 9 Edge Show at Facebook.com. And then finally, if you're interested, uh, you're more than welcome to stop by my blog on regularitguy.com, where I've got a nice little post talking about some other roundups of news of the last little while that's been coming up on the Azure space. So stay tuned, coming up next week for the next episode, and we'll see you soon.